This week on the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle, is one of my favorites talking NBA with Dennis Syatt. The trade deadline was crazy. Kobe with a Y, Kobe Altman went berserk, and he did some wheeling and dealing, as famously Derek Trotter was known for in a very different field. But Cleveland, different team as we look ahead to Celtics Cavaliers on Sunday night when this podcast goes live. Dennis is doing the game for Play Sports TV in Belgium. Let's give him a call. One of my favourites, Dennis Sight, is on the line. And if you've been under a rock or you haven't checked out any NBA news, there's been a lot going on recently. Trade deadline. Dennis, we could run through the names. Um, Rodney Hood, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. and a second round pick from the Heat coming into Cleveland, going out. Well, it's a long list. Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, Derek Rose, Jay Crowder, Channing Fry, Iman Shumpert, the 2018 first round pick as well. They crucially did not give up the Nets pick. Anyway, your thoughts on what the Cavs did at the deadline. <laughs> yeah, a lot happened, right? What a what a crazy day for uh, for the Cavs and for uh, for the NBA fans. Just that one team. They got a whole new squad. Um, six guys gone, but I think they cut the right guys. Um, Derrick Rose washed up. Iman Shumpert, they didn't use him. Um, Channing Fry. that's a pity for the locker room. But actually, I liked what the Cavs have done. Um, they were totally broken as a team. They were broken on the court. They were broken in the locker room. They needed to do something just for this year and to maybe keep LeBron James because we all know he can leave. We don't know if he will, if he won't, but they needed to do something. Um, and actually, I like what they've done. All right, a little bit too expensive. You look at the contracts, uh, the salaries of Jordan Clarkson and George Hill, especially the George Hill one. That's $20 million this year and next year. That's a lot. A lot of money. But... If you look at the total pick, the total uh, package, the total picture, I think they they've done quite well actually. George Hill, nice defensive point guard who's got experience. They needed that. Rodney Hood, he can score. The only thing with those two is they have to stay healthy. That's that's a big issue, especially for Rodney Hood. I really like Larry Nance. If I was a Lakers, a Laker GM, if I was Rapalinka, I would have never given up Larry Nance. But uh, who am I? Um, and then Jordan Clarkson, yeah, he's he's good enough as a six man, I think. Especially, he's better than Isaiah Thomas is this season. Or am I wrong about that? Well, Jordan Clarkson had to be had to be in that deal, didn't he, with Nance? And and Nance, starting with Nance, he can defend every every five positions, and it's it's worth watching him because people will hear, hear and read so much about the the trades that happened with Cleveland just to watch Nance and how athletic he is. And let's be honest. LeBron gets another toy now because he hasn't had this kind of big man for a while. And you've you've seen former teammates like Birdman who instantly look good because LeBron is on their team. And Nance is, you know, Lance is going to get a lot of lot of lobs. Uh, he can switch between positions, as I say. And he'll just play harder than someone like Thompson. Uh, and he's he, a good defender, actually. He was he a really is. good defender this year. And he's he's an energy guy. And that's something that the Cavaliers lacked this year. Tristan Thompson didn't, ha- didn't have any energy. We're calling it the Kardashian curse. I think he doesn't see Chloe enough. That might be a reason. But he gets, he gives you the energy. Um, he gives you some uh, athleticism. He's a decent defender, actually a good defender, and he grabs offensive rebounds, but especially the energy part. I think that's the most important thing um, the Cavs will, will need from him. And he, well, I he think he will Clark- provide that every, every game. He and Clarkson are working on careers, right? There's more upside there. And George Hill... He he did what he needed to do. He got his money and he went to Sacramento. He was so miserable over there. 
Exactly. We're hoping that he would get bought out somewhere. This salary is huge, but there's a the talk about his toe and whether he was still health, healthy. And you mentioned that with Rodney Hood. But I, the Cle- Cleveland, what they did really, the important thing was the average age of the players that went out were 30. The average age of the players coming in 26. So they did get younger. They did get more ambitious. And like you say, with the LeBron James thing, that leaked the other week about how he would listen to the Warriors in the summer and free agency. Clearly, that was a leak from his own team to suggest a few things. It was BS. Tell the Cavs to come on and do something, which Kobe Altman has now done. Or it's a message to the Lakers saying, look, I can, I can go elsewhere next year. So he shook, shook, the, shook the nest a little bit and he's got what he wanted. This team was so bad from the start. And those, in, those issues in the locker room reports are that it was all real. You know, there was really not... Isaiah and Jay Crowder together and then the rest, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There was there was a toxic situation in the locker room over there. If you heard all the stories, of course, not everything is true. Uh, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But some of the stories were true. And if you hear from every beat writer, from every insider, that Isaiah Thomas is a cancer in the locker room, that's what they were all saying. Something must be true about that. And that's something that still puzzles me. If you look at the Isaiah Thomas situation, it's it's tragic for him personally. Uh, if you see, if you think about what he's he's done last year, he was an MVP candidate, top five in the MVP voting. Uh, what he did for the Celtics in the playoffs after his sister tragically passed away—that was beautiful, beautiful story. But from an MVP candidate to an expiring contract now with the Lakers, that went really, really quickly, uh, actually. But I don't understand why he did what he did in the locker room. If you imagine that, if you got a new job and you get to the, this company, and the first, what is it? Five months, you're unable to work. He's played 15 games. Yeah, and then you come in and the first thing you do is trying to, to make sure you have the, the loudest voice and you say, you, you're constantly comparing in the media to your ex-employee, to your ex-boss, to your ex-team. You don't do that. Kyrie never got over the fact that he was the replacement for Kyrie. Sorry, Isaiah never got over the fact that he was the replacement for Kyrie Irving. And then he knew in the back of his mind that LeBron James and the rest of these guys that were already there from the previous rosters and the playoff runs, they just knew that he wasn't as good as Kyrie Irving. And the Celtics trade, already they won it. And now this is even more proof that they did win that trade. Isaiah Thomas is such an interesting one because, like you say, the tooth injury, the sister, his sister passing away, he did everything he needed to do it and everything the Celtics asked him to do. And he's still traded. And now he's going to his fourth team in four and a half years. He's washed up, though. He looks broken down. He's shooting 25%, 27% from three. But that, that's logical. If you look at how Isaiah Thomas used to play, he was this... How tall is he? One meter 70? Five, five foot eight, foot, five foot nine? Five foot nine, yeah. That's really small for a basketball player. We, own, we all know that. Even in Europe, that's small for a basketball player. But it's, not, it's no problem if you're explosive, if you can do what he did last season. He was explosive going to the basket. He jumped into people. He used his strength, his, his core, his upper body to absorb, the con- yeah, to absorb the contact and then score. But if you have this, if you had that kind of injury, that hip injury, and you see he, he lost all his explosivity, his first step was gone. He never got past anybody. Then you can't get a shot off because you're too tiny. They rushed him back. But I think he wanted, he wanted it himself, I think. A lot of calls to go into the G League. Yeah, you're right. Because he was doing a lot of things with the Players' Tribune. He was always on the bench. He never wanted to be away. He never wanted to lose his spotlight that he built up, really, from the Celtics' time. And, you know, he seemed he was getting on with LeBron James. But the Kevin Love story is 
bizarre to me as we move it forward because you know you've all seen that famous picture of those two together in AAU and Kevin Love was having a really nice season before Isaiah came in 20 points 10 rebounds and he might have been one of the bigger players who was really affected by Thomas coming in because his game went downhill then he got the hand injury and for Thomas to lead because he certainly wasn't the only one that was um cause like saying to love you know you can't you can't have left that game ill that was bad that he he was leading that though and for someone who hasn't played this, didn't, that, didn't would, that bother you it would bother me as a teammate because he hasn't been on any of those postseason runs he's got no right to say that especially because not just the fact that he hasn't been on those postseason runs but he wasn't playing well at all yeah totally agree totally agree kevin love is is your second option yeah he is he is and i, I don't understand where why Isaiah thought he was able to, to just say what he was saying against a guy who won a championship for the Cavs, with the Cavs. And he was important, especially in the, in the last seconds and minutes of Game 7 uh, two years ago. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and you, would, you were referring to the LeBron James and IT connection they had. Um, they were, go, they were yeah, coming along real great until Isaiah started playing. I think LeBron hated him after two minutes of play. Yeah, and he, and it's crazy because he respected James respected Thomas a lot last season and even to this move. Just didn't work out. A lot of the moves they made didn't work out. Jay Crowder, I think Utah is a good spot for him to try and work himself back in because Quinn Snyder's offense, the way they moved the ball, he didn't shoot he didn't have any opportunities from 3. He was get he I I understand why Crowder was getting frustrated because he didn't have a lot of looks and LeBron as high as the stats say his assists are on average throughout his career, he is selfishly unselfish. Because if you don't make threes, he won't go to you. He'll stop passing you the ball. Um, and, he, and the only move he had to sign off here was Dwayne Wade. You know, they told him ahead of time that Wade was going to be traded. The others were... I heard that too. I heard that too. Yeah. And Kobe Altman did his business. And, and it's really what I liked about this day, and they got better. They didn't get better than Boston or Toronto, in my opinion. They didn't, they're not better than Houston and Golden State, but they got better. What I like about it is Kobe Altman, for the most part, said to LeBron James, these are the moves that are good for you. He didn't go up to LeBron James and say, we're thinking of doing this, what do you reckon? That, that, that's what I've read, anyway. Yeah, me too, me too. And I heard Brian Windhorst talking about it uh, to Zach Lowe on his podcast. And I think Kobe Altman did a good job, actually. They kept the, the Brooklyn pick. And I didn't think, I don't, still don't think the Brooklyn pick will be the number one pick, but you never know in the lottery. It can be, it's very and you, tight. And you never know right now, yeah, like you said, it's so tight uh, at the bottom of the West and the East. Everything is uh, so close together, so it might just be the number one pick. It also could be the eighth or the ninth pick, we don't know, but I think that's a good thing. And I think um, the Cavs, and especially Kobe Altman, uh, did a great job to just try and convince LeBron James to stay in Cleveland, to say, look, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to, to get a good team around you. And Dan Gilbert, even though um, their relationship is lousy, uh, the one betw- between Gilbert and LeBron James, he is saying to LeBron, I'm willing to pay a lot of money just to win again for you and I with you. I honestly don't think James cares because it, like the situation with LA, now that they've, it's classic, it's po- poetic that they've cleared the space now. Uh, Kobe Altman has actually allowed the Lakers to potentially get LeBron and George next season. That would go down as one of the you know, the worst trade scenarios ever. But even so, taking that example, if they hadn't have been able to shed Clarkson's 26 million over the next two years, if LeBron James wanted to go to the Lakers and he told the Lakers, I'm going there, they would have made it work. And as people have said, we know, we know several things. 
including the fact that Rob Palinka met with the bronze agents. And the day after that happened, the Lakers traded away D'Angelo Russell to Brooklyn with Mozgov. So there was, there's, there's been some, there's been connecting the dots here. If he wants to go to LA, I think he will ultimately. But yes, Dan Gilbert's done all he can. There is always that tension between the two of them, though. And why wouldn't you do all you can for a, a team that has LeBron on it? So they did what they needed to do, but it was a very big surprise. Yeah, and you're saying that you you don't think they're better than um, Boston or Toronto, but I don't no. know yet. I want to see them play first. I want to see them on the court because I like it on paper and it can work, but you don't know how it gels. You how don't excited, know how... But how excited were you about Rodney Hood before he came to Cleveland? Or George Hill. Do you know what I mean? Just that they are better, they are younger. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the pieces Boston have. Not George Hill. I, I'm, I wasn't excited anymore about George Hill because I think the last two seasons, uh, first with uh, with Utah, right, and now uh, with Sacramento, I just don't think he's good enough anymore. But in the right circumstances, he can be a, a decent and important player. And I think he can he can have some role of significant uh, significance for the Cavaliers, he can especially guard in those defense. guard spots. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He will be just a defensive player, I think. And he can he can score three-pointers. He's leading he's... the league in threes, 45%. 45%. That's it. So if he just he's just standing in the corner and LeBron tosses him the ball and he scores, that can work. But Rodney Hood, I always liked his game. I always liked Rodney Hood. The only problem is his re- reliability. He had so many injuries and again and again and again. And he just has to stay on the court. But I think he's, he's talented. He's a lefty. I, I always like left, left-handed players. I've got a, a soft spot for that. Um, and to me, he's a natural scorer, actually. He can really score the ball. He can shoot the three. Um, he's having a career year, I think, this season uh, from behind the three-point line. Um, I like him. I've I always like the liked potential him. lineups as well. You know, you've got Kevin Love coming back in four or five weeks. That's going to complicate things for Taron Lou. But you can go really, really small with Larry Nance at center, you can play some big lineups with Thompson and Love when he's back. But Larry Nance, I think, is going to have a lot of postseason minutes. It's going to be important for him. And, and when we talk about Boston, one thing you can say about Boston-Toronto, starting with the Celtics, they do have young players. And it's how much do you trust young players in the postseason. For the Raptors, they have a young bench. And how much do benches really come into playoffs when you have a smaller rotation? You're looking at teams playing six to eight players during the playoffs. So... Those two aspects of those two teams are very young, whereas even though Cleveland got young, they do have veterans. George Hill, Rodney Hood have been around for a while now. Clarkson isn't afraid to shoot it. And there's been a lot of a lot of hate for Clarkson saying that it was just a salary dump, but he can score the ball, and if he p- tries to apply himself on defense, this mo- he's going to be motivated. He's just joined a team that are contending for a title. So I he, like might be, leg- he might be. I like how they, how they can explore different lineups now. They're a lot more flexible than they were before. And the one thing you said from Toronto is right, by the way. The bench, that will be a problem in the playoffs, I think, because their bench right now is their biggest weapon. And how good are DeRozan and Kyle Lowry in the playoffs? Yeah, they they both are, but they both are great now in the regular season. That's another good argument. How good will they be in the playoffs, especially Kyle Lowry? Uh, We've never seen him play at a decent level in the playoffs in his career. So we're still waiting for that. So I don't know. I want to see that first, too. Um, How Dwayne Casey will manage the rotations, that will be important. But... Like I said, Jordan Clarkson, he's yeah, he's being considered as a salary. He is a salary dump for the Lakers, but I think he might be valuable coming off the bench, being the scorer for the second unit um, for Cleveland because Rodney Hood will eventually be in the starting lineup if he's healthy, I, I presume. Um, and Larry Nance, I think I think Larry Nance is the most important pickup for yeah, real. I agree. Uh, for real, 
He's got a cheap contract. He will be a restricted free agent um, after this season, I think. I think if he's I'm got a... ne- next season, he's got him. He's earning about seven mil, so he's cheap. He's cheap. He's that's it. And the energy they they needed, and I think he will fit with LeBron James because he can really run the floor well. And they they don't have a big guy who can do that this year. Tristan Thompson isn't running at all. Kevin Love is a different kind of player. And you look at post LeBron. You've got the Nets pick, and it. About a month ago, I kept saying to everyone, why do people keep saying it's the number a number one pick? It's not the number one pick because Brooklyn were pretty good. But actually, if you look now, two or three games separate the bottom six or seven teams in the league. So potentially, that's a number one to three pick, which is a very good selection. If LeBron leaves, you do have Rodney Hood at 25. You do have Larry Nance Jr. You do have Clarkson at 26 if you, if you decide to keep paying that money. And you do have the pick. So... They did well, as well as the Lakers, who usually, when you're trying to dump salary, you have to give away a first-round pick. But in this case, they actually acquired one. Um, and Magic Johnson likes where he's going at the moment. He does still have to pull off the big move, though, and that is getting one of these free agents. And I'm sorry, if I'm Paul George, and all the signs at the moment are suggesting that he'll stay in Oklahoma, LA is the only reason... Let The Lakers sounds like the most feasible for LeBron, but it doesn't really make that much sense at the moment. So I don't, I don't think they're going all in this summer. I think they're waiting for 2019. If you're looking who's becoming a free agent, uh, then that's Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. um, who else? Kevin Love, um, Jimmy Butler. They're all free agents in the summer of 2019. And I think the Lakers are working towards that summer. And, and why wouldn't you? Imagine a team with Lonzo Ball, who's got two years of experience in his back, who's become... I think will become a better player. Um, he's still only 19 years old. With, for example, Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard. That's a nice. But you, we, 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 we always dream of these scenarios. But how many more? How many more losing seasons can they have? Especially Luke Walton, because I watched that OKC win where they went in there and beat them. It was a really good performance, and the Lakers were picking up some steam. They had Brandon Ingram playing the point guard position. Josh Hart now in the starting lineup. Um, you had Ingram coming back. They were doing all of this without Lonzo Ball, starting to win some games now. They had a good road trip, and they were only about five games off the eighth spot. And then they have this trade, and however much money he was making, and he was always in trade talks, Jordan Clarkson was an important piece for them. Larry Nance Jr. was an important piece for them. If they have another losing season, poor season, I don't know how much pressure is going to be on Luke Walton. And Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka. They're not exactly five for five at the moment. They still need to make that big play. And and for me, it's this this summer, the pressure's on a little bit because they want Luke Walton to be their coach. It just, I, I don't know how long he lasts if they have another poor season. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I hope they give him enough time because I, I like uh, Luke Walton as a coach. I think he's got a great potential to be a great coach one day. But they just have to give him time and have to give him enough material to work with, of course, because they won't have, have a draft pick this year. That's a bummer for the Lakers. Um, yeah, I think, I think they will have patience until the summer of 2019. They will know um, what the group is, what the quality of the players' group is. And I think Luke Walton will get some credit for that. They will give him some time. I hope they will. I really hope they will. Are you yay or nay on Joe Johnson to the Rockets? Uh, difficult question difficult for Johnson himself it's a perfect situation for the Rockets I don't know I don't know it's another sharpshooter he is but he's a 36 year old but they've done well in the fact that they've added him Brendan Wright and Gerald Green as guys 
who they on the buyout market they haven't had to give up any assets to get them but the question I have is, will he crush the soul of Houston in the playoffs? Because this is their kind of Lou Williams from last year, except Joe Johnson loves to jack. And I don't know how, how D'Antoni plays this and, and how much he will defer to James Harden. Because Joe Johnson's, you know, there's never been a highlight you remember from Joe Johnson, but he does love to shoot. That's, that's, that's the truth of it. His nickname is ISO Joe for a reason. Yeah. That, that, that's just a fact. I don't think it will especially uh, uh, help the, the improve the, the Rockets. I don't think he will make the team that much better. But if you need someone, if you got an injury to, let's say Eric Gordon gets hurt, um, then Joe Johnson is a perfect guy to fill in and to, to take his three-pointers, right? Joe Johnson, is it fits them okay. Like Gerald Green, is for someone who was unemployed for several months, he's, he's done well. And, and D'Antoni likes to align these shooters. I just saw a story that Utah released Derrick Rose. Obviously, we knew that was going to happen. But uh, the Wizards, the Wizards are expected to survey him. Apparently. I read that too, but don't you think his, his career is over? Come yes, on. I would say on, yes or no to him being out of the league by next season. It's, it, I mean, it looks... He, he just The thing is with Derrick Rose, he can still score. He can still see the get to the right? basket. And yeah, that's fans it. are like, is he still... Can he still do it? But really, he's gone MIA last two seasons. We know he he went AWOL with the Knicks, and now he did it again with Cleveland. I don't know how much he's into it anymore. He literally just went missing. Literally, they didn't know where he was. Twice. That's that's ridiculous. And sometimes you can see him bursting through the hoop, and you're thinking, yeah, that this is the Rose. Yeah, this is the MVP we knew from the Bulls. But not, just because something looks good for one play doesn't mean someone's good for an entire game or an entire season. And Let's be honest, Derrick Rose hasn't been good enough to play in the NBA the last seasons. He can't That's shoot. That's just a fact. He can't shoot. He, he's got less speed than he used to. He tries to do the same stuff he used to do. And importantly, he can't stay healthy. Washington, well, hey, look, if he passes the ball, I love the beef they had with the Polish hammer and John Wall kicking off. Everybody eats, yeah. And... Uh, Spoon-fed baskets, John Wall was saying. I, I find that amusing that you've got John Wall the other night against the Celtics sat on the bench. How does how does he how does that conversation go with? Uh, forgotten his name, a Gortar. How how does it work? How does that actually work? You you're calling each other out on Twitter and your teammates. Do they have, do they even have a conversation? I don't know. It's they're true. Big little kid, they're big little kids, right? They're big, they're big toddlers, so I don't know if they even talked about it, but. John Wall is right. Martin Gortat scores spoon-fed baskets, but it's just ridiculous. I, 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 don't, I don't get why you tweet stuff like that if you're Gortat. You, you know you will get that kind of reaction out of John Wall. Um, They're you know better that's with bad John Wall. Chemistry, so I don't understand that. Just keep it in the team. They are better with John Wall. This team is going to go, especially the backcourt, Bradley Beal and John Wall, are going to go down as... Two of the two of the greatest to play in the backcourt and never win anything. There'll be no there'll nothing <laughs> nothing to show for it, right? Um, the, Chris, the Chris Paul All Stars. Hey, we'll see. I, I I really think the Rockets have got a chance this year. Um, I just like them. I just I think they match up well. The Warriors are one and three against the Thunder and the Rockets this season, and everyone always says Warriors are the pinnacle, and of course they are. They should be. Steve Kerr, fastest coach to two hundred and fifty wins, but. Houston look good for me, and they've got an attitude this season that they haven't they had do, before. They do, they do, but I, I don't think they're good enough to beat. I don't think because you, you never know, of course, and it's still there's still a long way to go and injuries and all. 
They might get the one seed. Warriors are. Yeah, Warriors they are, might, but are I, they crumbling? I don't, good enough to, I don't think they're good enough to beat Golden State four times in seven games. Even though they, even even if they have home court advantage, that I, doesn't matter. I don't yeah. think they're they're good enough in defense to contain Golden State. And if it's a, a scoring competition, anybody can win. But Golden State is good defensively. Golden and State got think... bored. They're bored, aren't they? They they. That's it. I got surpri- I did get surprised a little that Steve Kerr a week or so ago was saying that they need the All Star break, but. It it seemed strange to me that he was saying that six or seven games before the All Star break because player Kevin Durant disagreed with it. But you've never a team that's reached the finals three years in a row that they obviously are tired and they can't motivate themselves. But I say this every year, and I think I believe it more this season than ever that that one seed is important because if the Rockets do hit threes, I don't care how good the Warriors' defense is. If the Rockets shoot you out the building, they can win. Yeah, they can. They can win, but I don't believe they will win four times in seven games. I, I, again, I think that right now. And the, bo- the being bored thing is important, and I think that's the biggest problem for Golden State is Draymond Green, actually. Yeah. Um, he's the heart and soul of the team, and he's the one who always, always kept them fired up. And he just he can't do it every time this season. He's, he's got two championships under his belt, and I know... You just see he doesn't have the fire in every game. He's got too it's many the technical fouls. That's he's the thing. That's the he's That's the issue. Frustrated. Yeah, but the and whole it's, team... it's slipping down to the whole team. Even yeah, Steve Kerr. Yeah, Bob Myers, um, he spoke to the team uh, this week, I think at the beginning of this week, because he was sick and tired of all the technicals. He didn't say much, but he made clear that it had to stop. Yeah, he did. He, and they, it might. I think they're a fiery team. Durant and Durant's followed Green a little bit. Um, a little bit? He's been ejected four times this season, if I'm right. Yeah, and that's that, that's that's four times more than his entire career before before the season. They can become a team where you just don't like them because they're so good. Curry throwing the mouthpiece, Draymond and KD. Steve Kerr complains a lot about calls, but hey, um, there was another trade. I just wanted to get your thoughts, and it was a smaller one. But Alfred Payton going to Phoenix for a second rounder. The Suns have had about 55 million point guards the last season. Um, <laughs> Do you ha- do you have any hope that if you look at Alfred Payton and he can't look at you because he can't see anything out of his eyes because of his hair? Which, by the way, by the way, I was talking to a colleague about this the other day and he made a great point. It's actually a detriment to his game because it really it surely affects his shot. Um, but that's not my question to you. If you look at his body, literally, he's he's a decent NBA body. He's got all the assets to become a good defender, but he isn't one can't shoot the ball but he can get to the basket now do you see any hope for Elbert Payton at all as a young guy as well I think he's 23 at the moment I still do I liked him coming out of college um, I liked him in the draft I, th- I thought his jump shot would evolve a little more I didn't think he would stay Rage on Rondo with a shot all, all his career but he still is um, I think this is sort of a redraft right I think Brian Windhorst also said it and I think he put it quite quite right some guys who were drafted in the lottery, but they mm, don't didn't quite make pan it. out. Yeah, yeah, didn't make it in that, with their teams. They get a second chance, and this is a second chance for Alfred Payton. And I think he can be a good point guard because he's a pure point guard. He wants to distribute. He wants to. Haven't you got to um, shoot though, Dennis? Honestly, yeah, haven't you got to shoot? That's true. That's true. You have to be able to shoot, or you have to, or you have to be really athletic. And he doesn't have the bo- he, he doesn't have either of those two things. Um, but I think you can you can, yeah, evolve into a shooter, into a better shooter, right? If you see, at a lot of of, of players, look at Kawhi Leonard. He wasn't able to shoot twenty percent from three when he came out of college. Mm. 
and he became a great shooter. So pretty quickly, Pay- Peyton. Pretty quickly, Peyton needs to apply himself on D, and it, maybe it's a fresh start because Orlando must be a terrible place to play because they've been rebuilding for five to six years now, and they they just haven't gotten anywhere with it. They haven't found no, an offense at all. They didn't. They don't. They didn't make the right picks either, right? No, they got Isaacs was the and, only and it, good one. And sometimes it didn't work. Look at Oladipo. He's great right now in Indiana, but it didn't work uh, in Orlando. Look at Mario Hezonia. Everybody who saw him play at Barcelona um, was That's convinced That's their situation. Be... I'm convinced that being in Orlando is that, that Oladipo maybe needs to go to the Thunder as well just to learn what it's like to play with an alpha male in Westbrook. And now you see what's happening to him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I thought you were going to ask me about another point guard, by the way. Um, that's something I don't understand, and I want to hear your opinion about it. Emmanuel Moutier to mm. the New York Knicks. Why do the Knicks want another point guard if you've got a rookie point guard and Trey in Ilikina who has to play 30 minutes a game? Trey Burke is the one I'm thinking, because Trey Burke and Ilikina, you split those minutes down, down the road now. Moutier is one of those, again, it's like, it's like Peyton, where they, they think, why not? But in their situation with Porzingis going down, Mm-hmm. they're trying to get younger they're looking towards the draft next season I don't understand it at all because I know you're high on Nilinkina but to be honest you have to give him minutes because you've invested in him he's young you drafted him high play him you've got no Ron Baker they, if they pick up Moody and it works out and he ha- takes the leap that some people thought he would in Denver and because Jamal Murray for a lot of a lot of people wasn't going to make that next step and he's been very good if that happens to Moody in New York what about Nilinkina? Does he become the second or third point guard? You've invent- or, or they, you need or, to see are they what play, made. Are they going to play with two point guards? That's also an option. They, then they will play with Nilinkina and with Moudier. That can happen. I don't know if it w- would work. But they but... like their third as well. That's the, that's the, that's the problem. But, You've got 30 yeah, games. Just play him, in my opinion. I, You're not going to make I the playoffs. I don't understand that. I, I totally agree because um, my point is every time with a young player, give him minutes and give him the opportunity to fail. And make sure that it's that he knows it's okay to fail in your first season, especially when you're 19 years old. Dirk Nowitzki failed every time in his first season, mm. and that's why he became so great because he knew he was able to learn the game, to know how it's like to play in the NBA, to learn every time. But if you're only playing 18 minutes a game and you're on the bench in the fourth quarter at the end of a game, you won't evolve quickly enough. And that's just what Nilikina needs right now. And I'm really curious what they're going to do right now because. Uh, now they've got four point guards with Jack, Burke, Nilikina, and with Moutier. That's too much for that team. Um, I, yeah. The Knicks are a mess. What, the Knicks are a mess. They're, they're a mess. But they're they a mess. also the league need uh, just to finish up with you. The, the Knicks, the Knicks need the NBA need the Knicks to be good. But we're really we're used to it by now. But with Porzingis's injury, I just wonder whether the conversation on reducing the, the games in a season comes up again because. Adam Silver, to his credit, has put in a lot of effort to expand the season and they started earlier, which you know may have backfired, but you can't have it both ways. You have to pick a side in terms of, well, now that we've had DeMarcus Cousins, Porzingis, and a lot of players go down with injury, you can't suddenly say, well, the players didn't have an t- opportunity to warm up like they usually do. They didn't have enough preseason games. Um, he's eliminated four in five nights, four games in five nights. He's eliminated uh, a historical number of back-to-backs. Where do you think this is going to go? Do you think it's going to go 72? Do you think it's never going to change? Yeah, uh, I, think it's go- it I think it's going 72, 75 games. Um, it has to. Because the people are saying, in the 80s and in the 90s, everybody was playing 82 games and blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, but it was a different time. The game is more demanding now, all right? Everybody's saying it's not f- as physical as it was back then. The, the difference is they're not fighting as much as they were back then, literally fighting. But if you see at how they sprint out every time because the court has is being kept so much bigger because there are four shooters in every team. Every guy knows how to shoot a three-pointer. That wasn't the case in 1985. That wasn't the case in 1995. That changed, and that makes the game more demanding. And look at Porzingis, how many minutes he was playing the last, yeah, the last months, the whole season. Mm. That's just demanding, especially for a guy of his size, because yeah, those seven, one, seven, two, seven, three players who get injured, um, that scares me. The lower body injuries for those tall guys. Look at the injury. Look at the injury history in the in the league. That that never. Never got right again. Look at Ralph Sampson, for example. Such a great player. And he got injured. Um, mm, uh, um, yeah, that, that makes me nervous. That makes me really nervous. Cousins' think- injury is massive. Like, the ramifications of his injury, just for the team who were looking good and they were going to be a very dangerous first-round opponent. And then now you're looking at, will he ever be the same player again? No, he, no, he, will, won't. no will he won't. No, he won't. No, he won't. Kobe wasn't. Will they re-sign him? To a, to a max contract next year. Will Anthony Davis consider his future with the Pelicans? Everything suddenly becomes a question. Also, Drew Holiday, was his contract, is his contract too big? It's, that was an awful injury for that team. And for Boogie himself too, because yeah. let's be honest, do you know in any sport, a guy who came back from an Achilles tear and who was the same player? There isn't one. No, there isn't, because it's that significant, that injury. And he isn't 22 or 23 He's in the prime of his career, in the prime of um, being an athlete. And he's losing a year, and then he has to work himself back into real basketball shape. I don't think he will ever be the same again. And we weren't like, we we stopped talking about his tantrums, even though they obviously continue. But him and Davis are such good friends, and they work well together that Davis almost acted as a shield for Cousins, where we we weren't really considering anything other than his incredible numbers. So, big shame. Hey, um, you got to go, but I love Sundays. You've got Raptors Hornets coming yeah. up soon, and you're doing the Celtics Cavs game. So, uh, what, what are you expecting to see here? Because I think LeBron will be more hyped for this yeah. because of what his team have done. And the Celtics saying to Cleveland, hey, we won this trade. Kyrie Irving, we won this trade. It's going to be fun. <laughs> they did. But they did win the, win the trade. <laughs> they did? I'm expecting, yeah, they did. What I'm expecting for tonight is a fired-up LeBron James, like you said. I think he wants to show his new teammates that it's all fun to play with the Cavaliers and how great he is and how great he can make his teammates. Um, and I think they will look good, actually, for the first time because LeBron will be involving everybody. And Chetty Osman will get uh, more minutes too. He will be in the starting lineup again, apparently. Yeah, they wanted um, to play him a lot more. They, that was a lot, there was a lot of a lot, there was a log jam with Crowder and, and that guy, those guys. That's another thing that they did really, get Osman more minutes now. I like Osman. I like Osman. Uh, I want to say one more thing before I go, by the way. Uh, one thing I didn't understand um, that didn't happen in the, uh, before the trade deadline. Mm. Why is Avery Bradley still a clipper? Yeah. Why isn't he on the Thunder? If OKC wanted to really make a push in the playoffs or wants to make a push, a push in the playoffs without Andre Robertson, also a terrible injury, by the way. Uh, Patella, uh, tendon tear, uh, awful. But Avery Bradley, great defender, and especially he's great against Stephen Curry. Every time who he's the good cl- against who the, the Warriors. Are, what, who do the Clippers get? Would you give up Melo for that? No, no I don't know. Would give I? Up, I would give up Melo for that, straight up. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps I would. OKC are thin enough 
as it is, they haven't got a lot of they haven't got a lot to play with. But that would be a great fit. You're right. Bradley is a, and a defender they don't have now. And he can be a, and, and he can be he can be a spot up shooter too. Um, and he'll go for so free I, I, now. Yeah, I don't I don't get why why he is still on the Clippers. I really don't get that. The Clippers and the Raptors, I think, were two teams that didn't make moves that probably should have, considering yes. where they are position wise. Especially the Clippers. The Clippers, I don't I don't understand what they're doing. If you're trading Blake Griffin, then go all in and totally change your team. But now you've traded Blake Griffin and you're still still there with. DeAndre Jordan, they just gave Lou Williams a new contract. I, I really don't understand what uh, Jerry West wants to do over there. But yeah, we'll see in the coming years, I suppose. Thank you to Dennis. And thank you to you, lovely listener, for checking out another episode of the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle. Archived episodes include Mike Breen of ESPN, Peter King of the MMQB, Lou Deng of the Lakers. Probably not going to be on the Lakers for too much longer. And also, I have in that list of podcasts Richard Hamilton and Andre Miller, who were in London recently. I'm off to the All-Star Game on Wednesday in LA. I can't wait. Every media member, every celebrity, and every great NBA player is going to be out there. So it's a great networking opportunity, great working opportunity. Check out Give Me Sport for all of the content on there. We're posting videos and articles every day, Facebook Lives, lots of stuff to look forward to. So Give Me Sport, Facebook page on the video panel. There's loads already on there. I do a lot of stuff for them. Uh, One of our guests next week is going to be an absolute legend, a former Laker who won three championships with them back in the 80s and he was on the Showtime team with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar so I look forward to that and I'll talk to you soon